How are we doing, everyone? Right, have we recovered now that it's been over a week from that amazing final uh, that saw Orange County lift the USL Championship Cup? I, I know I'm still slightly shocked. I mean, it, it, I, I'll be honest with you. It's been crazy. Uh, and maybe this episode and the final couple episodes of 2021 will help us figure things out. But we're going to do this. We're going to talk about some player grades. We're going to evaluate the performances for this team. So let's get this thing started. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm going to take you through this amazing journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Sorry, I'm a little out of breath. I had to run up and say goodnight to the kiddos. I forgot to do that before we got started, and I was running around the house like crazy. So so I could take a breath or take a break and catch my breath. Let's uh, welcome on the man who's been on this pod since day one, Dylan from Caroline Coalition. How are we doing, my man? I'm doing well. Um haven't been drinking since last week's episode, so feeling feeling pretty good in that regard because it was a it was a long little bender that I had going there um, from when I landed in St. Pete to to last week's show. But I'm happy as ever to be here. How uh, how are have you recovered now? Are you back to normalcy? Or are you still a little bit uh, on that high from the victory? Um, I like to think of my day to day. I'm I'm pretty normal, and then I'll, I'll just kind of drift off and think about what happened and i don't know i don't know if that'll ever um become normal but i mean we won the cup man that's that's something i didn't necessarily it's not something i thought would have happened um halfway through the season or at most points so it's it's still very 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 special yeah and you were there so i mean that makes it even more special let's man yeah Let's talk to the man up up north and west, and that's Mr. Brad up in Reno. Um, unfortunately, you never got to celebrate this long after Reno's seasons, but you know, jumping ship to Orange County this season, how does it feel? Oh, it still feels great. And don't worry, Dylan. Uh, I got I got it for you. Uh, I got some nice high west whiskey and a high west little Glencairn. But because that I am a monster. I have pre-poured a brand new bottle of the good stuff. Oh. Man, there's something wrong with you. No one should be drinking Malort ever. Unless you're forced to. Unless you're forced to by Reno nope. fans before this is, uh, this uh, is completely and totally on my own. Salute. I don't think salute counts for that, man. That's that's not yeah, right. Like you're, you got to do your prayers before you drink that stuff. Yeah, that's against nature, Brad. Not that's not against bad. nature. I'm sorry. Not bad. And, and you know anyone that has no idea what we're talking about, if you've never tried Malort, uh, it tastes. If Just you were to Google go into Malort your cabinet, case. if you go in 
to your cabinet and grab some rubbing alcohol. That's probably what it's going to taste like. I'm not saying drink rubbing alcohol, but that's probably what you're getting out of that Malort stuff. It's it's just very, very, very bitter. If you haven't had it, just don't. Don't. Don't do it. Yes. Um, to answer Russell's question, because he asked which High West brand I have, uh, this is a Costco ex- exclusive. It's a uh, it's a rye whiskey aged in Syrah barrels. It was like 40 bucks. It's actually really good for the price. We're going to become that podcast where people drink whiskey and talk. There's a, there's a podcast that already does that, Brad, so we can't really do that. There's dozens I, that do that. <laughs> well, let's get into this. We're, we're here to talk about player grades. We're here to grade the performances of the team throughout the season. Now, rem- reminder to everyone, we are looking at the grades in whole for the entire season. So that makes it a little bit difficult because this is almost feels like it was three three separate parts of the season, right? The first part was pretty good. The middle part was just horrible. And then the last, what, nine, 10 matches, the, the Richard Chapel era became a dream that people are still trying to wake up from, or maybe they don't want to wake up from it, right? Um, so here's how it's going to work. We've we've randomly chosen order. In the past, we've, we've done specific orders, whether it was we did defense to midfield to forwards, or I think last year or last season, we did least minutes to most minutes. I put all the names of every player that played or was on a roster with Orange County, at least per fbref.com, and put them into a random generator, created this list. So this order, other than us looking at it briefly before the show, um, is not prepared. Uh, So we're going to go through this. And what we're going to do is we're going to give school-like grades, A, B, C, D, F, whatever we want to call these grades, we will do. Um, Unfortunately, Alan is not here. Um, and he did not provide grades, so all his grades will just be we'll, – we'll maybe we'll ask him to share them next week briefly, just give a quick rundown of these grades. Uh, for time constraints, I'm going to ask each of my co-hosts that we don't talk too much about each of them, but share your thoughts on why you're giving the grade, but do not go too long. We do also have a guest scheduled to come on uh, shortly, a really special guest that we're excited to have on here tonight. So let's do this. Let's talk about some player grades. And the first player that came up randomly on the list, Miko Kaningas. The forward that or forward midfielder came over from Finland and uh, I think shocked most of Orange County Soccer Club. I'm going to go to Brad first as the newcomer. You get to go with grades first. So, so great uh, for Miko. So I feel like I'm the lowest end of the uh, list here. I graded Miko at A minus, and that has nothing to do with I thought for most of the season he was an A player. Um, but at the beginning of the season, he did uh, start off a little rocky and make a couple mistakes that that uh, I think he could have, uh, you know, started off on a stronger foot. Um, so I think an A is very fitting or an A minus is very fitting for him. And so that's where I ended up. Uh, I'm going to go next to Dylan before we get Dylan's uh, grade here. I want to remind everyone. So for Miko, he had three goals, four assists throughout the whole season. Oh, and he led the team in cards. 10 yellow cards that through 2021. Um, Dylan, you're great for Miko Kaningas. Yeah, I went ahead and gave Miko an A, just a, a regular A. Um, he played a lot. He played quite a few different roles, was asked to do a lot of different things, even within those roles um, with the coaching change and even game to game. And he was... You know, he was happy to do it, or at least he seemed happy to do it, um, and he was reliable, even if uh, he did pick up a lot of yellow cards and miss out on a match due to accumulation. Um, 
it just seems like maybe his style isn't super uh, common in the U.S. So he's this like hardworking, hard tackling, trash talking midfielder, and it seems like maybe that kind of runs him um, into some trouble occasionally. But I can't fault him for that. He drew a couple red cards that really helped us out, um, and he really helped us out with this play. So give him the A. Also, I mean, like heavy metal Nico time is just so so fun. So. Yeah, he gets an A just for that, too. Um, and, and before I give my grade, I want to remind everyone that is listening live, feel free to share your grades for these players, and we will pop them up on the screen here um, as we go through this. We like to hear what everyone thinks on this. Uh, my grade for Miko, I, and, and it's weird for me to start off our grades agreeing with Dylan on a grade, but I'm going to agree with Dylan. I went with an A for Miko Kaningas. Here's, here's part of my grade. He played the role, and I'm going to be family-friendly here, of the – get under your skin player for the opponent. Like he, he was the player that basically tried to agitate the, the opposing team, tried to make them commit those fouls, get those cards, get ejected, whatever it may be. Um, you need that type of player. If you're going to be successful uh, in any league and USL, we saw that prime example, Miko gets out there and he wasn't just that player. He could score goals and he had an amazing, he was, he was amazing at free kicks and let's not forget the goal in the final uh, to, Probably what we'll say seal the victory there because I think once you get to that three nil score line, Tampa's done. They have no chance at coming back. Um, for his ability to do all of that, score, assist, and be that good teammate that's going to take one for the team uh, ten times on the season, he gets the A from me. And, and I, I, it looks like a lot of people are agreeing more with Dylan and I than with uh, Brad. So Brad, you're losing at this point. Uh, you know why does this have to be a competition here? You know. Miko Kaningas played the Dennis Rodman role, in my opinion, and uh, very good at it. And he came up clutch with a couple of huge shots and big goals on the year and big assists. So, you know, any A is a good grade here. Perfect. Let's move on. And this next person is someone that um, I forgot all about until I go to FB Ref <laughs> and see that he was on the roster. He was officially on the roster for a very short period of time. I think we welcomed him and then we found out he's gone. Um, this is the country singing a soccer player who is yet to release the album with uh, Alan. Alan was supposed to, re- you know, produce something for Hunter with some auto tune or something. This is Hunter Haynes. Um, I, I, I'm going to say this right now. I think we all agree on this grade, but I'll let everyone go through and share their grade really quick. Um, Brad. He didn't play. I put a DNP. Or a W. I think you put a W, but maybe I you're changing it. that. I don't know. I oh, okay. It. He changed it. Uh, Dylan, what was your grade? Yeah, with withdrawal because he technically left to go play the Air Force. Um, good luck to him and you know, whatever. Yeah, He's no, like, and same thing here. W. Um, he he didn't play, but he was on the roster. He withdrew from class, went elsewhere, uh, petitioned for another class uh, while there was still time to do so before they locked up the classes. So he gets the W here with Orange County, or can I, can you can I also go him? with an incomplete. Can I grade him for Allen? Alan gives him. What an are you going to give a grade for Alan? Alan gives him an F. He didn't get the album complete and turned in. It's a zero. Well, is that really Hunter's fault, or did Alan did Alan send him the lyrics and the the music to get the recording? I don't think Alan did his part of that. Um, let's move on to another player that maybe was slightly forgotten this season. Uh, he he was with Orange County just for a short period of time on loan. Uh, but boy, did he have uh, an impact with his team early on in the season. That's uh, Avion Flanagan. Uh, let's go in a different order. I'm going to go to Dylan first for this one. Dylan, what was your grade for Avion? 
Um, I gave him a W, which is not to discount what he did while he did here. Uh, he was quite, quite good. Um, earned himself a recall back to Cincinnati and then spent the rest of the season on loan uh, in Tulsa. Um, but, I mean, six matches played doesn't wasn't quite enough, though I do wish we had him for more because for a long time we didn't have a left back, and that was quite problematic. But he, he earned that recall when he was here. But, uh, yeah, making a fifth or under a fifth of the under a sixth of the uh appearances available to him in a season is is probably not enough to warrant a real grade uh brad you have a grade for avion uh i'm i'm gonna give him a b minus i agree with dylan that uh he he when he was with uh orange county he he held his own you know for 50 60 70 minutes uh on his own uh for a couple games um you know he's a free agent now uh he did not get his concert concert his uh contract renewed with uh cincinnati he's a guy i'd love to see back here in orange county uh if he doesn't go back to tulsa i was gonna say the wonder would be it does is he qualified for the re-entry draft i know there's other names uh former players daniel chrysostomo uh didn't get uh, uh lafc didn't keep him uh, but from what I know, he goes back into the um, re-entry draft. So I know in the past we've seen things like this happen with like Andre Rawls. Orange County fans were sort of hoping that, you know, when he got released, he would come back. But he went to the re-entry draft and went elsewhere. So um, we'll see. There's there's a lot of names um, that didn't get picked up that would be exciting to see where they end up uh, next season. And if any of them maybe come back to Orange County. Uh, let me get my grade really quick for uh, Avion. I gave him actually, I believe my official grade is a B. Um, although he was only here for six matches, he did start three of those matches. He played big minutes in all those matches and he made an impact on the pitch early on in the season. He did even picked up an assist for the season. So I felt like that deserves some sort of grade. And, um, maybe I'm just being nice this year. Cause I know in the past I've been pretty, um, crucial or critical of some of these players. Uh, and, but I went with a B for Avion next on our list. Uh, and that is a typo on our, uh, nice little graphics that we have up there, courtesy of our producer, uh, Andy, um, but we do have Daniel Fondes, um, someone that's been on the roster now for a couple seasons, but has not really seen any playing time. Um, zero minutes played uh, on the season uh, from him, but still he was part of the roster for the full season. He was part of the roster last season. Um, do we have grades for Daniel um, or are we all pretty much in the same category here? Let me go to Brad first. Brad's grade is so good that he decided to mute himself before giving us the grade. I, I wasn't at practices to see Daniel and how he contributed to the team environment during the practice and pregame environment. So DNP. Dylan. Yeah, he's, he's a great guy. I got to talk to him in Tampa, but you know, these player grades are based on what you do when you make appearances and you didn't make any, but uh, it's an important role. I mean, being that third keeper and, he doesn't seem to have too many complaints. So that's great. And everyone seems to like him too. So good for him. So what was your grade? Uh, incomplete. Incomplete. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you on that, Dylan. We're, we're, we're agreeing pretty close on some of these things, Dylan. Um, although you were too scared to give Avion a, a grade. Um, I, I'm giving him an incomplete, although maybe he deserves a grade because I'm sure there's a, he plays a big role in the practices, uh, in the training sessions. Uh a lot of times that third keeper is at least out there doing some of the dirty work and practices, um, helping get some of the players some reps and some shots and stuff like that. So 
but because we didn't see him in match action, an incomplete. Um, next up on the list, we've got the Loney that came over from San Jose uh, and had a spectacular season, at least in my opinion, for Orange County. Um, played a big part in this championship for the team. That's Eric Calvillo. Uh, I'm going to go first on the grades on this just to switch things up a little bit. Uh, I, I thought he was outstanding for this team. I, I thought he was one of the most important players down the stretch. And we talked about this last week. He was probably that stealth man of the match uh, in the final. Although that award goes to Ronald Thomas, he was um, a key part of that midfield that was just spectacular against Tampa Bay. I give him an A for the season uh, based on everything that went on. The only reason he doesn't get that plus at the end of it is because of some of the struggles he had early on in the season, trying to find his place with his team uh, and that struggle that we had uh, that middle part of the season. Dylan, you're great. No copying, Dylan. No copying. Oh, lots of shame. Um, I gave him an A. Uh, I think he did a really good job as the season wore on and, and really became such a crucial aspect of how he played under Richard Chaplow. And expecting that from Maloney, it seemed like he took a couple weeks to get his footing under him. And that should be to be expected, uh, if I'm honest. But, um, you know, missed a match because he was on international duty because he was playing so well here. And then he's been on international duty last uh, week as well. So uh, kudos to him. He absolutely deserves an A here. And, uh, I mean, that free kick against San Diego was that was chef's kiss. That was beautiful. And what about you, Brad? Uh, I'm the high end here. I gave it A plus, um, mostly because uh, just a I've known Calvio for a while, and this is a completely different player than we saw in Reno. Um, but once when uh, once when Chaplo really took over and Calvio started finding his role, just look at any game. The ball is played to him frequently. They trusted him with the keys to the offense of distributing the ball and. He played the part very well. Uh, Calvillo is one of my MVPs down the stretch. Um, and I thought, you know, not just that goal against San Diego, but, um, you know, just played very well down the stretch. So I know I go against the grain with what I said about Miko, and he had a bad early, or not bad, but lackluster early season. But I, I just like Calvillo and uh, what he brought to the end of the year. We see the Oakland or not Oakland, uh, Reno connection is uh, clouding your judgment there, Brad. But we won't. Right? Freak, we won't uh, blame you for that. <laughs> Were you gonna I, say something? I, I, I was Wait. gonna say uh, uh, my other Reno players uh, are sometimes a little bit worse graded than what you guys put. So I'll hold back on that because I think the rest of them are later today or this weekend or next week, whatever. We're doing a weekend show apparently per Brad. Um, let's move on to this. You got to stop drinking the Malort, Brad. That's what it is. Let's move on to our next grade here, and that's for team captain uh, Michael Orozco. Um, Orozco, Orozco. Uh, I think uh, even speaking with uh, Mike Watts, it was like, how do you pronounce it, right? Um, the, the team captain and the one when we watch all the cup celebrations out there, he's the one starting those uh, with his cool little dance he does, Dylan. Can you uh, show us how that dance goes? There is absolutely no chance. I mean, I could, but I'm not going to. I'm pretty sure I could do it too, but no, there's no Maybe. way. What we'll, do, what we'll do, Dylan, is if we ever do get a chance to be with those cups again, you will mimic that dance for us um, in front of the cups. How about, how about that as a deal? No. 
<laughs> uh, but let's go to the grades. Brad, I'll go to you first. Even though we just heard from you about uh, Eric Calvillo, what is your grade for Michael? Yeah, uh, I'm going to follow up again with another A+. If you came to somebody and who was 35 and said, hey, I want you to play all but three minutes of a complete season, most 35-year-olds would probably not come anywhere near that. Michael Orozco played in every single game, uh, held down a very tight defense, especially down the stretch, um, and played all but three or four minutes in the uh, Las Vegas Lights game. So I don't think you can go anything else. Uh, he's the captain. He's the heart of the team. Dylan, do you agree with Brad? Yeah, almost word for word. I was going to pull up the fact that he played in every single game. Um, and just how important that was, and captained the team in almost every single game as well. Um, and I, I just think what he managed to do at his age um, is simply stunning. He'll be 36 by the time the next season rolls around. And wow, I mean, it was really just something to see him play as a center back, as a defensive midfielder, as a right back, as a left back, uh, and perform pretty well in all of those situations. Um, I've gotten him on in the past for elbowing a player. I've gotten him on in the past for uh, having a tendency to kind of leave his position and, and end up really high up the pitch. And uh, he stopped doing that this year, and he really stopped doing that under Richard Chaplow, and it was, I mean... He he deserved to lift that cup, um, so A plus as well. Also, he handed me the cup, so that was that was pretty cool. He's a, he's a good dude. Yeah. Oh, and I I took shots of Patron with his family, so they're all great as far as I'm concerned. Top family. <laughs> this, is, this is Dylan's year to be happy about this team. In the past, uh, Dylan maybe has been a little cranky with some of the players at the end of the season, but this is a one where he's. Uh, Probably still on the high from that championship. Uh, they earned not, it, man. I'm not quite as, um, I guess, nice as the two of y'all. Although I did give him an A. Um, Some out. Yeah, I gave him an A. Uh, but after hearing y'all your your arguments from the the arguments from the two of you, maybe I was wrong there. But um, I put the grades down. I'm going to keep him as is at the A. Um, and yeah, he was he was a key part, or he was the key part of that solid defense at the end of the season there that led to this cup uh, victory. Um, I think just there was a, a small part of the season where maybe wasn't the greatest. I, I don't know, but yeah, I'll change it. A plus a plus for Michael Orozco um, uh, for that. I, I'm going to go for it. See, now you look wishy-washy. You should have stuck with the a, Hey, you know what? It's now we can bully you into giving. Oh, God. All right, it's more out, everyone. This is insane. Let's go from the oldest player on the roster to one of the youngest players on the roster, a player that just got his call-up to the senior national squad for the U.S., and that's Kobe Henry. Uh, Kobe Henry, pretty uh, impressive season for the the young player, the youngster from Orange County Soccer Club. Probably played a lot more than any of us were anticipating at the beginning of the season. Uh, 18 matches, 16 starts. Um, even had a goal in the season that was up in Oakland. Uh, if we can all remember that assist from Miko Kuningas on that one. Uh, Brad, your grade for Kobe Henry. Um, you know, I think Kobe Henry, especially early on in the season, was very mistake prone um, or leaving his man and uh, and kind of getting lost in the defense. 
but as the season went on, you know, um, with whatever minutes he had with the team in his 18 games, uh, he, I thought he got a lot better, uh, started marking his man properly. And, you know, he's earned a call up to the, to the, uh, senior team after playing with the, what U 17, U 18 team. Um, he's, he's a very quality player. He's still young and he has a lot of time to learn and get even better. And hopefully, uh, go international or who knows perfect um, um my... did i say b minus i said i if you didn't you so said I, g- I gave him a b minus if i didn't say that already so uh my grade slightly different uh differs slightly from you brad i gave him a b um i think when you look at the beginning of the season if we would have looked at kobe henry and the season he had none of us would have expected this so I, I feel like he did better than was anticipated. Now, yes, he did make some mistakes, but he's 17 years old playing professional soccer in the second tier of U.S. soccer. Uh, so you can expect that there's going to be some mistakes on the pitch from a, a player at that age. Uh, but I felt like in the times he was asked to do stuff and be a key player, he worked really well. He he did his work. Um, you look at, you know, we asked him to come in uh, and, and play when, Rob Kiernan went out in the Oakland or no, sorry, in the Colorado Springs match uh, in the first round of the playoffs. And he did his job. He was solid in there. Um, and that shows the growth that he had And this call up for the U S national team um, proves that as well. But because of some of those mistakes he made, uh, I can't get him to the a level, but I, I definitely went a little bit higher than you, Brad with a B uh, Dylan, you're great for Kobe. Uh, I'll give him a B minus. I, I think it's incredible that he's quite a few years younger than me. Um, still in school and, He's playing professionally and doing pretty well. Um, I feel like he started off on the season when he started actually making the team uh, and actually getting some minutes doing pretty well. And then he just had a torrid um, run in late July, early August, where I think he was mostly playing because, you know, Michael Roscoe had to fill in elsewhere and we really didn't have the numbers and he just was not doing particularly well. And he got dropped for a while, came back, seemed to play a little bit better um, and, and really stepped into his own there. Uh, it seems like the work that he'd put in, he kind of figured stuff out. Um, but he did he did haunt us for a little while, and I was kind of quietly on this, like, he should be dropped train. Um, but, you know, it's growth, and uh, I'm excited to see what we can see out of an 18-year-old Kobe Henry, and that's hopefully another 1,500 minutes next season. No, that'd be awesome if we could see that, and th- the improvement is – that there's tons of growth opportunity there for him. Um, one last player, and then we'll bring on our special guest. Let's get to our next one. And that's Nathan Smith, uh, defender for Orange County. Uh, he was a returning player from last season um, and had a pretty solid season, uh, appeared in 17 matches, starting 13 of those. Um, he chipped in with two assists uh, on that. Um, what do we think for Nathan, Dylan? Uh, I gave him a B minus. Uh, it's not his fault that he was injured for a large stretch of the season. Um, just compared to 2028 and Smith, I feel like my expectations are a little bit higher for what he could have managed. Um, after he put uh, Solomon Asante in his pocket, but um, he didn't put too many too many feet wrong to to kind of doom us or anything. Um, just often getting unlucky for late goals that we conceded, um, but. I would have liked to see a little bit more from him. What about you, Brad? 
I was unmuted. Um, I pretty much agree mostly with Dylan there. Um, but I did, uh, just for time missed and not playing as much, uh, I gave him a C plus instead of a B minus. Oh, you changed it. You went to C plus. All right. Um, I was, I guess, the nicest out of the three of us here for this. I gave Nathan Smith a B plus. I felt um, you look into this roster, there are multiple uh, outside backs when you have Kevin Alston, Brent Richards, and Nathan Smith. Uh, so you can't expect him to be out there every single match. But when he was called upon, he did his job. He was solid on defense, rarely made the mistakes, and was a, a key part, again, to this defense that was a really solid defense to close out the season. Um you know, so I had to give Nathan Smith a B plus. So I was the nicest out of all of us for that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick break from our grades here as we go ahead and bring on uh, our very special guest for the evening uh, back for, I don't know how many times now on this show, uh, but he is now back on as the head coach, official head coach of Orange County Soccer Club. And that's Mr. Richard Chaplow. Uh, Richard, how are you feeling? Are, have you come down from the high of winning that championship? Uh, in Tampa Bay, and are you now settling into your off-season routine? Or are you still feeling the excitement from that? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually beavering away, planning for next season. So I haven't had too much time to reflect and uh, sit back and relax yet. So uh, I'm sure those days will are on the horizon. But uh, yeah, first and foremost, got a little bit of business to take care of. Uh, as we look forward to to the 2022 season, with uh, obviously we've got five weeks extra uh, than than some of the other teams, so uh, a little bit behind the curve and uh, all hands to the pump, as they say. So uh, let me ask you this: I'm sure you've been asked this multiple times, uh, but that final in Tampa Bay was a little bit un Orange County Soccer Club. The way they were playing the end of the season, uh, it was always like a one or two goal. Uh, score for Orange County, and it was always a really close match. And Orange County went and put three up unanswered against Tampa Bay in that first half. Um, a, was that any kind of surprise to you? And B, um, how did that happen? Like, how did Orange County just dominate Tampa Bay in that first half? Yeah, I think uh, I think ultimately in all the games we've played in, we've we've created uh, in the majority of them enough opportunities to score more than. I felt that the goals that we got, which were, you know, more often than not, it was a it was a one zero scoreline, uh, especially in the the back uh, seven or eight games. Um, <clears throat> so I just think it was a matter of us obviously taking our chances and being a little bit more clinical in front of goal. Uh, something that you know we we worked on, but it comes down to the the player in that moment and the decision they make, the execution that they that they have. So. Um, obviously, we were delighted um, that we were able to take them in the in the main championship game. If we were saving them up for any game, then uh, that would be the one that you want to do it for. So, uh, yeah, delighted that we were able to uh, just take and, and take them chances and then come out on top with them goals. Um, a lot of people look at that third goal of that first half as sort of the knockout punch. Like they're looking at that as Tampa Bay really couldn't recover from that at that point. Uh, we saw early in the season, Eric Calvillo take a free kick from a very similar position and um, curl it into the upper left hand of the post. And, and then in the final, he's lined up there with Miko, but Miko ends up taking the kick. We we heard from our guest last week, Mike Watts, um, or was it? Yeah, it was last week, right? I, I can't remember now or two weeks ago. I don't remember when it was. Um, we heard from Mike Watts that uh, Miko was struggling a little bit in training the day before with those free kicks, but he went and took that shot. Who makes that call? Is that you making the call and who's taking it, or is it between Eric and Miko out there standing over the ball? 
Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's it's my call on who stands over the ball, uh, but it's their call on you know who sees it uh, at that moment. Um, you know, obviously, the players take responsibility in in the set play routine. Uh, we have. I don't know, a handful really from different scenarios and different positions on the field that we can run. Uh, you know, I think we've been a team this year that has been effective from set players. But um, yeah, ultimately on the direct ones, the ones that are going on goal, um, <clears throat> it's down to to the players over the ball to decide um, which one wants it and which one sees sees it from their angle, so to speak. So uh, yeah, obviously Mike Watts and Devin Kerr were out there are watching the final training session. Um, so they probably uh, got a better look at Miko and Eric practicing those those uh, free kicks uh, because I think I was whisked off to to do the media. So uh, it's something they they always practice. Majority of the time it is on a Friday um, as we as we have match prep on that day. But uh, yeah, but the, both of them and Brian Olosky, um are always practicing um, that technique, and it's it's vital. Obviously, it's not something we've. Uh, be too forthcoming with in recent seasons since I've been here. Um, so nice to get one, and obviously it was a it was a high quality free kick, and we know Miko's capable of that. And, and let me just correct myself. It was actually Devin Kerr on another show that I I guessed with him on that that he he mentioned that it was not Mike Watts. So I apologize. I, I don't want to uh, use the wrong names there. <laughs> That's okay. They were both out of the session, so uh, they very much. Uh, almost the majority of the time, I think very close to each other in their interviewing. So uh, you're not far off. <laughs> now, obviously Orange County is, is not if from Orange County, to Tampa Bay is not a close a bit of travel. So uh, there was a limited amount of fans that made the trip out there to Outlang stadium. But uh, were you able to uh, feel the energy coming from the, those small, that small group of fans that made the trip out there? Could you hear their voices on the pitch or were you so focused on the match that they were just blacked out and, and you were focused on what's going on out there on the pitch? No, you definitely could feel the energy. Um, you know, it was a good atmosphere inside the stadium. Uh, we're very grateful for obviously the fans coming out and supporting us on on such a long trip. Um, we know it's not an easy travel, so very very grateful for that we were able to actually share then obviously the victory with them as well. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a unique experience. Uh, it's a rare one to, you know, I've been been in a professional uh, environment for many, many years, I think a couple of decades and only been able to, you know, um, have moments like that probably five or six times. So they don't come around often. Some people never get to experience them at all. So to, to experience them first and foremost uh, as an organisation was fantastic, but it was uh, extra special to obviously be able to do that with the fans. Now you mentioned, you know, you haven't had much time to celebrate uh, the victory because you're already prepping for 2022 without giving anything away and without saying anything you can't, uh, what is part of that preparation going on for 2022? And is, uh, uh, are there any key players that you're excited that, you know, are coming back next season, um, that, uh, you're ready to work with a full season? Yeah, obviously nothing's public knowledge yet. So I can't, can't share too much, unfortunately, but, um, you know, obviously we've, we're very happy with with the roster we had this year. We've gone on and won a championship with that roster. We'll be looking and working hard to retain as much of it as we possibly can. Uh, there's always movement um, in in the roster at the end of every year, uh, not just for us, but across the world in this in this business that we have. And that's just an organic uh, thing that happens. You know, it's it's a natural sort of uh, refreshment, uh, whether that's for the individual um, <clears throat> needing 
needing another challenge. Uh, things might not be quite right for them uh, at the club or whether that's us looking to just uh, go a little bit of a different direction for for many reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, what I can say is that we're, we're working hard to return as many of the boys we can that makes sense. Uh, the other side of the things we're planning is boring stuff. <laughs> uh, pre-season fixtures, uh, pre-season camp when that starts. Uh, looking at ways we can improve uh, as an organisation to improve the uh, performance environment, uh, even conversations down to, to uniforms for next year as well. So uh, lots of things that you need to do uh, that uh, maybe goes on behind the scenes that people aren't always aware of, but them decisions don't have, happen by magic. Uh, people obviously spend a lot of hours um, sort of delegating and, and communicating on these things, yeah. I have one more question for you, and then I'll hand it off to Dylan with his questions. Um, you know, at the last home match of the season against San Antonio, the club unveiled the new mascot, Gnarly, uh, onto the side of the pitch. Uh, did you get a chance to speak with Gnarly before the match? Because I know he made that, that uh, what is it, opening kick, uh, a decent kick, I thought, for uh, any mascot to make. Did you get a chance to give him any pointers on how to uh, to get that into the net? I, uh, I'll i be honest, I wasn't aware that Gnarly could talk, but uh, maybe he can, I don't know. Uh, it's uh, no pleasure, obviously, on that on that front to to get a mascot uh, for the club. Uh, I think it's important for the for the community. I remember being a kid and growing up watching watching Burnley. The, uh, they had Bertie B, so uh, he was always on the sideline doing his doing his worm and uh, you know celebrating with the fans and. It's, it just adds an extra little bit of connection and uh, brings a little bit more energy to game day. So I'm uh, delighted that we could uh, invo- in- <coughs> unveil him for the fans. But uh, other than a hug, I think, after the Western Conference final win, that's the uh, the only interaction I've had. I know I'm handing it off to Dylan, but i got to ask Dylan really quick because I want you part of this question, uh, Richard. Uh, are we glad we didn't get this the weird uh, mascot that Dylan brings up all the time uh, that plays in a lower division in England, I believe, or in Scotland. Uh, is it Patrick Thistle? Oh, Partick, yeah. Partick Thistle, you were close. Okay. I'm, I was close. Well, um, what do you think? Who's better, Gnarly or their weird-looking mascot that looks like a son that was drawn by a three-year-old? Uh, we'll go for Gnarly, huh? We have to support <laughs> our own. <laughs> Perfect. Dylan, go for it. I love it. Um We'll take a quick look back, uh, Richard, at, at last season. Um, 17 matches, I believe, that you were in charge. Um, two two losses, three draws, I think, in those. Uh, and and we're winning a cup at the end of it. Yeah. Um, how big of a professional? I mean, obviously, uh, you, you you had some, some pretty big highs with Southampton. But um, how big of a joy is that for you as a professional? Yeah, I think I think ultimately it's it's obviously it's my first um, my first test of being a head coach. Um, obviously, coached now for in a professional environment for for three years. But um, in respect to being the coach and leading the team, uh, you know, the first test of that um, obviously special uh, because I started with this club. Um, I think six years ago, I think it was, or at least six seasons I've, I've been involved in, and though I came in three months towards the end of, of the last season for Aussie Blues. And uh, I think the the biggest thing is is the growth of the club over the, over the, those years. Um, one of the reasons I joined was was the vision and the project that Oliver and James put in front of me. And 
I think to be part of something that is bigger than yourself is is always rewarding. Um, to be the the person that's at the at the helm of that and given the responsibility to lead the team um, into a Western Conference final and then into uh, where where I failed as a player, I suppose we could say, and then into the championship uh, was was special. Um, obviously, something I'm extremely grateful for. Um, and yeah, it's like I said, it's not. It's not something you get to experience very often in your career. Um, to experience it 17 games into my first tenure of a head coach job is uh, is probably something that's not achieved very often either. So, uh, yeah, always grateful um, and obviously happy that uh, we were able to to get the job done. Um, but now we've got a big big job on our hands to fight fight everyone off next year and, and protect our title. Um, it, it, Paul Hardiman, uh, about 20 years you've seen it, was uh, right in your ear for, for most of the year. Um, is, is he a big aspect of building towards 2022 or is he uh, moving on to different pastures? Yeah, I mean, Paul was a massive part of, of everything, really. Um, you know, we, I knew of Paul's qualities coming in um, to Orange County because of, of the people that he'd worked with in England were uh ex colleagues of mine and friends of mine so you know i knew we were getting a high quality coach and a, and a wonderful person as well uh, he obviously had so much value to the organization and you know quite often when i talk um, i deliberately say we uh, when i say we i obviously mean me and paul and the, and the coaching staff because it is it is a it is a group effort on that side of things. We talk a lot about teamwork on the field, but it's teamwork off the field as well. And you know, Paul will hopefully be be with us again next year. Uh, in what capacity, we're still discussing that side of things. But um, you know, we're excited to to have him back in in Orange County, working with with the teams and uh, adding adding his experience, which ultimately no certificate or qualification makes you a good coach. It's the experiences that you've had. Uh, and, Paul, and Paul's oddly, like you said, 20 years my senior, he's had more than me. So um, he's he's definitely a wise old owl in that respect, somebody I respect uh, on their opinion and somebody whose uh, opinion I trust uh, in the in the heat of the moment and the heat of the battle. And um, He did a great job at, at guiding us through. All right. Uh, I got one question for you. Um, so the USL has always kind of been this... Uh proving ground for young players and kind of a place for veterans to prove that they still have it kind of your Kobe Henry's and Michael Orozco's. Um, where do you see orange County fitting in for these players careers uh, in terms of uh, building up young players to bigger and better teams or um, where, what, what role do you want to have with uh, younger and uh, more veteran players? Yeah, I think I think ultimately we're a club that uh, I think we're quite open and transparent about our, to- our targets as a franchise and as an organisation. You know, we want to be a club that ultimately competes for championships, as hard as that is to do year in year out, year out. And we want to be a club that gives local or or national talent um, a platform to come to Orange County, uh, perform, uh, and, and put them in the in the shop window for them to go on to bigger and better things. Um, I think ultimately we all know that obviously we've just managed to tick the box of the championship. 
but then on the second hand of that, we've we've got Colby Henry with the national team this this week, uh, going into the to the game in LA with them. So, uh, really really exciting times with the club, um, and for and for Colby as an individual, uh, you know these things don't go uh, don't happen overnight, should I say? And, and you know a lot of work goes into him on a week weekly and daily basis. Um, as a, as a person, uh, Kobe is incredibly humble and has his feet on the ground, which is ultimately why he's been able to implement maybe a little bit quicker than others uh, the messages that he's been given. Um, and it just obviously shows that he's gone into a U twenty camp um, for the for the tournament. Um, impressed the US national coaches so much so that he's been given the opportunity with the with the full national team. So. What sort of role do I want to play with that? I think ultimately uh, I just want to continue supporting them. Um, I want to continue supporting not just Kobe, but any of the younger players that we have in our squad and they'll play if they deserve to. Uh, it has to be earned and not given. Um, and in respect to the veterans, they're incredibly vital for what we want to do in respect to giving Corby Henry's that mentorship, uh, them role models to look up to and, and sort of model themselves on on a daily basis because ultimately experiences come from what you see more than what you're told. And, uh, you know, we, we speak with Corby a lot, but the experiences he gains on the field, the experiences he gains from being in the locker room with people like Michael Orozco are the reasons that he's now able to get the opportunity that he's getting. So uh, both of them have to go hand in hand and we're aware that it's a, it's a balance that's continually moving. All right. And then uh, I know that I'm not the only one who's noticed uh, over your right shoulder, but you got this nice little uh, liquor cart there. And I see, I think that's a Balveni uh, 12 year at the uh, very front. So uh, do you drink scotch and what's your favorite, uh, region and bottle of scotch that you might have in that <laughs> i'll just stick with the belveni it's uh it was actually a gift from from oliver and it's uh it's actually a, a belveni 21 so it's uh it's a special a special bottle that uh he was he passed along to me after the uh western conference final so we um he, he's a big uh a big whiskey and scotch guy uh oliver and he's very uh generous with his uh with his offerings when when things are going well so uh Unfortunately, I'm not blessed. We do live in Orange County with a with a huge house, so uh, you've got me in my uh, in my living room right now. And yes, that is a, a that is the pretty much the bar behind me. Yes, perfect. Um, we we don't want to take up any more of your time, Richard. We know you you've got important stuff to do, like planning for the 2022 season. Uh, and to do that, you got to get well rested. Uh, overnight, so uh, we don't want to keep you up too late. Uh, but I do want to ask one last question: How does it feel now to have, you know, in front of your name, in front of your title as coach, as championship coach? Uh, one last time: How does that feel, uh, just for you personally? Yeah, obviously delighted. Um, you know, the achievement is is big. Um, I never want to really, uh, I suppose, crown myself in too much glory. I'm. I'm quite a level-headed uh, guy in that respect. Um, having experienced so much in the game, the ups and downs, I know that uh, you know the the work is just beginning. Uh, but yeah, delighted with that achievement. Um, a lot of hard work and effort went in it, just from everybody at the club, from the backroom staff to the to the players, uh, to the front office. Uh, so you know, everybody played a big part in us in what we achieved. Uh, and internally grateful for. For the moment, 
but we're only just beginning hopefully and uh, fingers crossed we can we can perform again next year and and see where we go but uh, at least we'll be getting back to a conference that's uh, expanded out now to to the 32 teams again or 31 teams I think because Oklahoma have pulled out by the looks of it so uh, yeah it'll be nice to play everybody twice rather than everybody four or five times or whatever it ended up being um, and I'm looking forward to getting back uh, back to work and uh, start of February and hopefully uh, competing again for, for another championship but uh, yeah delighted with with that one and it's always there the memories is forever with us um, they can't take that away uh, but uh, look forward to creating many more and I know all the fans are looking forward to this 2022 season to not just celebrate uh, the championship that the, that the club just achieved but also just looking forward because the, there's a lot of great things going on with this club with this roster and with uh, everything in general. So Richard, appreciate your time joining us this evening and uh, for this episode and best of luck in your prep for 2022. And we look forward to talking to you again in the near future. Take care guys. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you very much. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that's Richard Chaplow, uh, the coach for your champion orange County soccer club uh, on there. Um, let's, let's get a big picture of Dylan there. Uh, I have a quick, quick question for you though, Dylan. Um, the, the stocking back there that was hanging over the shoulder of Richard, it looked like potentially a gnarly skin stocking. Is is that potentially or a gnarly fur stocking? Are, are we not going to see gnarly next season? Uh, you know, maybe he sheds. It gets pretty warm here, even in the winter. But no, that was that was red and not orange. So I don't think we have to worry. Um, there are a bunch of questions in the chat that we missed. Um, are there transformers yet? There's always transformers. Um, but uh I spent enough time in some pretty pretty warm water, as I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dip my toe in any further. Uh, I get well, and, into and any if trouble. If anyone listened, if anyone listened, I tried to get something of that out of Richard, but he's a total professional. Professional knew how to sort of skate around the question when I was asking him, <laughs> "What can we look forward to in 2022? What players is he looking forward to working with?" Um, and again, he was very uh, honest, and he can't really divulging the information and i'm sorry whoever was wanting to, us to ask about if he's talked to Braden cloutier I, I was waiting for dylan to ask that question but apparently didn't dylan didn't want to ask that question i also didn't see it i'm i imagine they they talked uh i would assume so but in I what like concept does question, he want to talk yeah. about it yeah, yeah. i i a question that is really appropriate to ask uh for for someone who just won a championship and <laughs> did something in his own right you know yeah, yeah. Um, let's do this. I don't know, Ray, do you talk to the guy that you did your job before you about about it? No, I didn't. I honestly didn't. So, and, and mm. but I didn't win a championship either, so I don't know how that works. Um, I'm I'm not a champion at my job. Let's move back to the grades. Try harder. Uh, I think we ended with Nathan Smith. We got to go to the next, which is uh, Sean McTague, um, who actually played in four matches. I, I was shocked when I saw that on the. Um, the numbers here, but also only played in like 16 minutes or something like that, uh, or 12 minutes of those four matches. Um, Dylan, grade. I gave him an incomplete. I mean, I gave Aiden Flanagan an incomplete for playing quite a few more minutes than him. So uh, no disrespect to the kid. He's, God, he's so young. Um, <laughs> but he didn't hit 18 until almost the end of the season. Um but yeah, the the whopping eight minutes that you've you've received um, is nothing to nothing to earn a grade. 
And, and I'll say any any minutes, uh, any matches I'm calling out is based off of the whole se- the whole twenty twenty one in general. But I think they only played USL Championships, so maybe that doesn't need to be said. Um, I, I, can I just say I, I went with an incomplete? I believe Brad went with an incomplete as well. So I don't. We don't need to stick too much on this. Unless Brad, unless Brad, you have a. Yeah, I just I, I just wanted to ask. Uh, he was a call up from Orange County Academy, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so maybe see more of him next season. Hopefully, can earn some time. Perfect. Um, next on our list, um, Iro Markinen, who had some nice moments and had some injury and didn't see much of him uh, the remainder of the season. There, let's go to Brad first. Oh, I changed my grade on him. I had him at a C plus, and I like the guy. I thought he played well in some games this year, but um, and I know he got kind of thrust into the role that he was put in uh, because of the injury to um, Adam John. Uh, but honestly, you know, I expected a little bit more out of a six six guy. You know, uh, he can be clumsy a little. Uh, I don't think uh, he was very good with his ball skills and uh, and the novelty of kicking the ball up and having him headed in is only a novelty and isn't really reliable. Um, but when he did score, it was, it was quite great, uh, especially that one goal on uh, June against Sacramento. I remember seeing that uh, right before, was it before halftime or the end of the game? I just remember being next to the field and uh, seeing it. Um, so I went with a grade for Ira Markin of B minus, um, and here's why I did so. Uh, I felt he was brought in to be a target man, uh, probably come in for spot time when we need a big man in the middle to potentially head in a ball. Unfortunately, due to some injuries early on the season, he was asked to do more than he probably was ever expecting to do with Orange County this season. Um, so I can't blame him for that. I felt like in the moments that he sh- did what he was expected of him, he he did pretty decent, which was a few times that he knocked the ball to the back of the net with his head. Um, but over the long period of time, we, we saw where the flaws are in Eero Markkinen's game. Um, so if he's being asked to do one thing only, and that's just come in for spot time for his size and to knock some balls into the back of the net with his head, he did great. But everything else lowered a little bit. So he may have gotten higher if he would have had the chance to play his role all season. But I went with a B-. minus. But I think I still was the nicest out of all of us. What was yours doing? Um, I'm not too far off of you. I gave him a C plus. I don't think he was particularly great. Um, he's had a number of, I mean, he's 30 and he's played at, it feels like half that number of clubs at this point. So I wasn't expecting fireworks. Um, and I, I do think he was kind of a victim of not playing the role that he was brought into play. And then also, um, you know, missed some pretty clear cut chances that came back to haunt us, but also, uh, he did provide, you know, four goals isn't a ton in 14 appearances. It's not terrible. Um, and he did kind of provide, for lack of a better term, a target for what we were trying to do at the, the front half of the season. Uh, it didn't seem like he was ever going to be good at holding up the ball, um, like uh, Ugo Okoli or, or somehow Arnaldo Damas at the end of the season. Um, so uh, I know he was fit by the end of the year. But he he knew that he wasn't going to see uh, a moment of his time. Um, but I do feel a little bit bad for him not having probably the year he thought he was going to have out here, and probably also not seeing nearly as much of his brother uh, out here as well. 
I would have loved to see uh, uh, Markkinen play kind of the Jeremy Bokila role that uh, Oakland Roots had and where he would come on for 15 to 25 minutes in the end of the game and uh, be given some really good opportunities to pick apart a defense that's tired. Um, but being injured and being forced into roles uh, that could to cover for injury kind of was not his uh, strong suit. He's not a 90-minute player. I honestly think that's what the role was supposed to be for him, but because of what happened early on in the season, uh, he was asked to do a lot more than he was um, going to do originally. So, again, that's why I gave him a B-minus when I did that. Uh, let's move on. Thomas and Evolson, um definitely would be considered a fan favorite uh, for his time, not just this season, but in past with the club. Um, struggled with some injuries as well, but did make 12 appearances, scoring two goals, two assists. Grades for Thomas and Evolson. I'll go to you first, Dylan. I gave him uh, a B, um, which is not to factor in the injury um, or the trying to play while clearly not quite fully fit um, when he first came back and um, then kind of accepting his role uh, towards the end um, as, a, as a sub player. Um, but the level of professionalism that he brings um, is highly thought of within the club from other players, even as he uh, um, chews them out occasionally. Um, but the, the, just the level that he brought and the ability that he had as that sub um, to come on and just move the ball is something else. Even as simple as it was when he couldn't run at that point um, and just taking a touch or playing a no-look pass in for Ronaldo getting behind the, the defenses. Uh, probably not something you could teach and something that he innately had, and I'm thrilled for him that he got to go out on top, um, standing on a table outside of a bar at 3.15 in the morning in St. Pete with a cigar in his mouth, uh, directing a chorus of a bunch of drunken idiots screaming, Enervolts and baby. Uh, so, you know, a B for him, but uh, a lot of very good vibes in that B. Sorry, that was a very long answer. That was. Brad? Um, I almost gave him a B minus, but then I kind of have to remember uh, Anna Voltson is kind of a leadership role within the team. Uh, he's a veteran that looked uh, molded and uh, kind of kind of developed a bunch of players. And plus that goal against the Galaxy to kind of confirm uh, a home playoff game to break a 0-0 draw at the death, um, you know, kind of swerved my decision to make it a B instead of a B minus. Uh, but again, under 400 minutes, not much playing time uh, riddled with injury during the year. Um, it's hard to really judge it based on just his performance on the field. Uh, so I went with a B plus. I was, would have gone B just like the both of you, but I felt like his importance to the end of the season there, uh, the LA Galaxy goal. And even I, I think numerous people, I, just speaking with fans at a lot of the matches, uh, down the stretch uh, felt that Thomas and Evolson was a big part of some of those uh, key victories. Even if he didn't get the stats, didn't get the goals or the assists, just him being out there opened up opportunities for the rest of his teammates and allowed Orange County to have that, that nine match undefeated run or nine match winning streak really to end the season there. Um, he was a big part of that. That's why I had to bump him up to a B plus. Uh, next we have uh, Jack Imperato um, who didn't, who, who, 
got off to a nice little start, played a few matches earlier in the season, and then went MIA um, after those three matches or those three appearances. Didn't play many minutes. Um, can I just call out the raid from all of us? We all gave an incomplete on this one um, because of the lack of playing time. Does anyone have any quick thoughts on Jack and Prado? Nah. Perfect. Brad's asking, answering for you too, Dylan. Oh, okay. That's fine. No, go ahead. Did you have something to say? Uh, I was going to say, I know he wasn't uh, at the club for the entirety of the season, but uh, I think that played into it. And by the time that he was uh, back at the club, I know that um, he wasn't going to get a look in past some senior players that were doing something special. Perfect. Um, next in order, uh, another player that didn't get much playing time due to an injury first match of the season. Um, that is Adam John, uh, who played one match with Orange County, getting injured. Uh, in Tacoma after playing what 30 something minutes, I believe 38 um, minutes, 38 minutes. Again, I, can I just answer for all of us? We all went with an incomplete because we didn't get to see enough work out of, of Adam John to give him a grade. Does anyone have a comment on Adam John's grade? I mean, I hope his knee is feeling better. Oh, on his grade. No, no. Perfect. Um, then let's move on next on the list. Raymond dry or Raymond Dre. Got to get the name right. Uh, Raymond Dre, uh, another player that didn't see much playing time in the season, uh, did make eight appearances. He got one start uh, in 2021, but no goals, no assists. He did get two yellow cards. Maybe you get a grade for that. Um, what's the grade from you, Brad? Um, I gave him a uh, C minus, I think, or C plus. Uh, C minus. Um, and mostly because, again, he's young. He's mistake prone. Um, didn't really did really uh contribute too much when he was on the field, but a C minus isn't really like terrible. It's like just passing. Dylan? I give him an incomplete here. Uh, I know he played a couple times and he, he uh, was kind of plagued by injuries at the beginning of the season. Um, and then just the, the bulk of the minutes I think we saw from him <laughs> was against uh, RGV and he had a absolutely torrid timeout, uh, which you kind of expect with the younger player, but ultimately not seeing enough time to come up with a grade there. Yeah. Um, I would have probably gone with a C plus, but I bumped it up to a B minus because of his first name. Um, I agree with y'all. We didn't see much from him this season. Uh, and he's another young player that has potential, but who knows where that's going to lead him in the future here. Uh, so I get, went with a B minus, uh, next up a player that I think many of us forgot, uh, even played in 2021, with Orange County, uh, we were putting together our awards nominees or voting list, and his name appeared a couple times in some of the stuff we were looking at. And I think there was multiple comments like, "Was that 2021 that Reese Breen was with Orange County?" I'm going to start off with my grade because uh, here here's my grade A minus for Reese Breen. He was only with us for a short bit of time, but in that short bit of time, he was a key part of this team, five matches, five starts, uh, and a key goal line save from a defender or goal line clearance. Um, he was very solid in the back line for orange County. Uh, so much so that he was getting starts early on in the season. And this is from a young player coming from Scotland. So I went, went with an a minus Brad. What was your grade for respring? Yeah. I'm looking at what I put. I put a C minus a C and I'm just, I think I'm more closer to the uh, withdrawal state. Um, 
he played a lot early on in his five games, and I thought he played well. But he got he went to uh, he went to Scotland, I believe, and I guess he's had some games up there. So I'll, I'm going to change mine to a withdrawal. Dylan, I I know what yours is, but go for it. Yeah, I I gave him a withdrawal here, and that's no discredit to what he managed. Um, he was like an incredibly fast Josh uh, Oyvolda, basically, uh, where he would just absolutely mow down a man, um, but actually get the ball and, and not do it inside the box or uh, make glaring errors. Um, bummed we didn't get more out of him, especially through that injury crisis, but again, just a few minutes played there. It's, it's not enough for a, a proper grid. He did enough to show what his value was and what he was worth and how good he was. That's why I, I did not take the chicken route and give him a withdrawal. I went with a grade because he proved himself himself with the time at Orange County. Last one for the night, Tommy McCabe, um, who I think for a lot of fans had some ups and some downs and some ups again. Um, I'm going to go to Dylan first for Tommy's grade. Tommy McCabe, Dylan. Uh, I can't say his nickname on this podcast because it's a family podcast. I think that's a little bit cruel. I gave him a B. Uh, I think he was actually pretty good, uh, error prone. He's a young player. Um, that's a little weird to say because I think we're about the same age. But um, he's young, and he had a lot asked of him this season. And for the most part, he was he was able to do that and uh, really benefited from the emergence of a Dylan Powers and the emergence of an Eric Calvillo taking some of those responsibilities away from him. Brad, your grade for Tommy McCabe. I'm the uh, highest uh, grade here. I gave Tommy McCabe an A and a lot of the things that I think he excelled at. Um, uh, I believe, uh, God, what's his name? John Morrissey, uh, USL tactics, summed it up pretty well in uh, one of his tweets. Uh, Tommy McCabe does a lot of things you don't see on the ball right he's a good defender um he plays both ways and he plays hard and he does a lot of running and uh he did get a lot better as the season went on i remember after uh when they played in pleasanton against oakland uh that's a suburb of the bay area um i remember talking to him after the game and kind of asking him where he saw himself and uh and how he can improve and uh, he did exactly the things that he said. He became a much better defender um, and and definitely uh, stepped up and was a solid contributor on a team, even though you don't call his name out on the score sheet very often. And that's why his jersey's in my closet uh, around the corner from here. Keep it in the closet instead of showcasing it for um, everyone to see. Uh, here's, here's my grade for Tommy. I gave him an A-. minus. If he would have played the way he played towards the end of the season, the whole season, he would have probably gotten an A or maybe even an A plus for me. But because of the struggles early on trying to find his role with Orange County, um, I, I gave him a little knock for that. So he got an A minus for me. Uh, that's it, ladies and gentlemen, for our first part of the grades. We will grade the remaining players next week on our show. Um, so stay tuned for that. Maybe we'll have Alan back for that one to provide his grades. Uh, for the rest and those names next week will include names like Kevin Alston, Ronaldo Damas, Darwin Jones, Patrick Rakowski, Chris Weehan, and others. Um, let's do this really quick. I know we're running a little bit long here, but I have a quick question for y'all. ML next, MLS next pro thoughts, Brad go. 
Oh, man. Uh, MLX Next Pro, other than being a terrible name. Uh, it's an interesting dilemma, especially when you look at uh, the USL Championship, because uh, a lot of USL Championship players, uh, their next and easiest, most direct pipeline in their career is the MLS. Well, um, especially for those younger players, do you go to a USL team? and hopefully get noticed by either an international team and have to go abroad or or do you think the MLS continues to take players from the USL uh if they have their league of their own uh I know it's D3 and it probably won't be as competitive but but I don't quite know the intentions of some of these teams and uh it's an interesting dilemma uh that I that I'm not worried about for the next uh, three or four years, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how competitive it is and um, does it take away talent from USL championship squads. Dylan, I'll get your thoughts, and then I have one last question about this. Uh, Bad logo, bad font, bad idea, bad league, bad, I don't know, system. Is there positives in it, though? You look at they're taking away a lot of the two teams from the USL. Is there a positive from that aspect of it? Uh, it's too early to say. I mean, sure. But we also were not uh, an East Coast team that just gets to beat up on uh, Loudoun or Luden United uh, five or six times a season to pat our goal differential and pick up a good 18 points. So it's maybe it increases the parity East versus West. And that's one regard, but no, um, MLS is going to MLS no matter what. And mm-hmm. I don't know, there's a reason that that's not really attractive to a lot of people. And that's why we're here. I do want to add though, that, uh, I'm going to miss teams like uh, real monarchs. Uh, the, that team in itself had a lot of dedicated fans. There were, you know, dozens of people who were just great fans out there that couldn't really care as much about uh rsl and uh yeah the parody is going to be interesting to see how that uh changes up the league a little because i know chaplow said that there's 32 or 31 teams i think it's probably going to be more like 26 or 27 uh next season and it'll be interesting to see uh to see how the league schedules matchups, maybe we see more East versus West and go back to just two divisions instead of uh, four. Uh, I'm going to jump back to you really quick, Brad, since you're in a state that can actually set these types of odds. Um, but what are the odds that we see Jamie Vardy playing in MLS next in four or five years? All right. Next question. <laughs> I, the, I only say that because it's, is it, is it, is it so random? Is it random that you have, well, former Rochester Rhinos. Now it's what Rochester NYFC uh, joining MLS Next Pro. Um, that just that seems weird to me. That is like they're like the lone non. They're the lone independent. There. Yeah, that that seems weird. And it seems like they're really MLS is really trying to market this independent clubs will be part of this thing. Um, what what are your thoughts really quick on that? Is it something that'll work or is this going to end up being strictly MLS reserve team or See, second teams? That's why I'm not as dismissive about uh, Rochester, right? Or about uh, the MLS uh, next pro as uh, Dylan is as being a stupid league, because if you're going to get an independent team like Rochester to join, clearly there's something in their sales pitch that is going to work and 
uh, poach away some of these minor league teams and or minor league, sorry, uh, uh, independent teams, uh, USL championship caliber teams, um, because easily could have been with uh, Jamie Vardy funding the bill um, that Rochester could easily and probably should be in the USL championship. So clearly there's something that's working there uh, that is that is a good sales pitch for the organization. Dylan, do we see Cal United strikers join in MLS next pro in the near future? I know they're saying in 2023, there'll be some independent clubs joining. Is that one of them that has a chance or are they uh, staying with Nissan? Um, no, in my, in my interactions with their club, it's about being a part of an open league. Um, and this idea of a meritocracy, which is at odds with existence within MLS. So no. Okay. Similar straight. I know someone, you know, there's talks, maybe Austin bold would have a possibility because of their situation. There's going to be some interesting things over the next 12 to 18 months with some of these uh, teams. And we'll see, maybe do they poach any USL championship teams or USL league one teams to join MLS next pro. We'll see what happens with that. Any last soccer stuff anyone wants to talk about before we get to our random thoughts? I know we've gone long, but I just want to ask. Random thought time. Dylan, you go first. Wow. I, I find myself so unprepared, but we're running late. So I don't know. Um, take it easy. Have a good rest of your week. I'll see you next Tuesday. It's not much of a random thought, but it's all I've got for you at this point. Brad. Well, we just had our opening night uh, for our musical off the musical and it's a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing it and, uh, and maybe I'll let my girlfriend talk me into doing more uh, musicals in the future. But uh, to to circle back to where we started the night, uh, Malort isn't actually that bad, guys. Do not touch it. If you've never touched Malort, do not touch it, folks. We're telling Dylan and I have firsthand experience of this stuff. And I think our producer, Andy, as well. Do not touch Malort. Um, random thought that I have is the wife and I just started watching a, a show on Apple TV plus whatever it's called, called Dickinson. Apparently it's about some real life person named Emily Dickinson. Um, that was a writer or a poet or something like that. Dylan probably knows who this person is because he reads a bunch of random stuff. Uh, but it's actually a pretty interesting show. Um, and, you know, maybe this Emily Dix Dickinson person is a good poet. We'll find out as we watch more of the show. Dylan, any thought? Have you seen the show or do you know anything about this person, Emily Dickinson? Yeah, yeah, she's um, pretty well known. <laughs> I will not All be right, watching well, the show. Let's go ahead and wrap things up here. Um, I want to thank our guest, Richard Chaplow from Orange County Soccer Club, head coach, championship head coach, for joining us this episode. Um, join us next week as we wrap up our player grades. Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we have our awards. The, the voting is still open. If you want to vote for the Orange and Black Soccer Cast Awards, do so. We'll reveal the winners. Um, in just two weeks from now uh, on who wins those awards for Dylan, for Brad, for Alan, who's missing this week. And for our producer, Andy, this is the orange and black soccer cast. Oh yeah. I'm Ray. And we are out. <laughs>